All right, y'all. Thank you for joining in today on another episode of Chasing Birdies. My man, JP. What's shaking, man? It's good to see you, bud. <laughs> it's been a freaking minute. It's been a day, bud. But I haven't seen you in a couple days, uh, but it was good when I did see you. We were at Old Memorial Golf Club doing the damn thing. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> and we'll get into that a little bit. But yeah. first... Today's episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. Go check them out at lynxbrewing.com. The boys are brewing the Chase and Birdies Blondale. And we're expecting big things uh, out of the beer this year in 2023. Um, looks like you're you're having a cold one right now. So Yeah, you know what? It, I am, but it's not alcoholic, if I'm being honest. Because I'm not drinking it during the week. I love crushing the Chase and Birdies Blondale, especially on the weekends, but... During the week, I like to get that little taste of the beer without the alcohol. Keep me going. But um, It's like uh, you know. sparkling water for me, bud, with a soda. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we, we're down in Florida. We're down in Tampa. Shout out to the boys over at Old Mo. Um, Doc. Shout out to for, B-Cats too, bud. Oh, big, big time. Yeah, big time. But the point being, yes, shout out to BK. But, you know, I noticed you were sipping on your little bit of your tequila seltzer there that you make, I guess. Little tequila with a little soda, splash but of what lime? How quick what? was that going down on day one? I mean, you couldn't even I, say I your got, name. I got to be honest. The best thing that happened in that round of golf is when that girl kicked over my cup. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I I go into the old memorial locker room and I said, "Hey, give me tequila on the rocks," and they hand me a styrofoam cup full of what I thought was water mixed with tequila and I tasted it and I said, Oh shit, that's mm-hmm. just straight tequila styrofoam cup, 16 ounces. And, uh, I moseyed on over the first tea, sipped it, got to, got to four tea bud. And that is where it happened. And I had about 75% of that done. And I was, uh, rocked and, and she, she was so kind and made me a nice one with water mixed in. So that was really cool. What'd you think of it, bud? First time down at Old Mo. First time at Old Mo. Love the layout. Um, I think it's great. I, you know, the the first hole at Old Mo, it's not really. You got to hit a good tee shot there, but um, but then you hit set number two. Phenomenal par four. I played it bud, for the you hit my boat. two great tee shots. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, yo! I hit two left hard duck hooks. Don't know how we found the ball in the parking lot, basically, but yeah. It was great track. Greens were great. Course was phenomenal. It was cold as shit, man. Uh, day one was cold. Day one was cold. Coming down a stretch, it was like forty-two and no sun. And then uh, Sunday morning, obviously, day, it was freezing. Beautiful was day two though. Beautiful. Um, definitely a, rusty. We so, yeah, there's a lot of rust, but there's a lot of rust. A lot of rust, but but uh, but you you made some birdies. You were chasing them out there a little bit, bud. Especially on number was, two. Did you make that putt? I can't remember. Bud, driver two iron to like six feet. Yeah. Made, made it. Um, but I will say, dude, I, I'm really liking, you know, I got the two th- ping I-230s in the bag. I'm really digging it. Uh, that two iron was a missile for me mm-hmm. the, the whole weekend. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited about those. Um, the the new Betonardi putter. I had in the bag. I really like the feel of that. So, boys, we're chucking along. I mean, it's it's rusty. I made some mistakes I probably wouldn't make otherwise. But 
those two drives you hit on two, bud. I've never seen you hit two duck hooks. Yeah, that was ugly. It was ugly. There's nothing to talk about there. But you know what, bud? I'll see you down at Pine Needles. How about that? I'll see you in March. We'll get it. We'll get it worked up before then. Back nine, dude. The back nine at Old Mo is just. I think it's. I think it's back nine's better than the front. That's my opinion. Yeah. No, I um, agree. And um, we went down there and celebrated our boy B Cats's birthday a little bit. So happy birthday to you, bud. Uh, late. It was Friday the thirteenth, which perfectly matches up with you. And uh, so yeah. we uh, had had some dinner. Uh, Saturday night, I smoked a couple cigars. I smoked one on Sunday. I, life was great. So um, we're really excited for the year of 2023. We've got some things in the works. But the most important part of your day, if you're playing golf, mm-hmm. is stretching. Mm. I mean, if you don't stretch and you go straight to the first tee, you're in trouble. Dude, you're, you're absolutely in trouble. And stretching people, we're not talking about like touching your toes just generically and swinging a heavy-weighted club. I mean, today's episode of Chasing Birdies with Stretch Effect, we get into the details. This is a like a routine that you have to do in the off-season so you can mm-hmm. come out firing on all cylinders when it's go time. But it's so important. And when it's cold, your body's a little tight, especially if you work out, you're tight to begin with. It uh, it makes it difficult to get through the ball. So you start hitting shit right, start getting a little wristy, snapping them a little bit. But these guys over here in San Diego, California with Stretch Effect are joining us today on Chasing Birdies. We got Kyle Valerie, Chris Wilkie coming on the show. and uh, But let's just get right into it, huh? Let's roll on over to the Stretch Effect boys. You know, we're here now for another episode of Chasing Birdies. And... One thing that I will say is starting off the new year, we've had on a couple of different types of guests. We had the one guy starving Marvin Jr. on the last episode with the food, loving golf, yada, yada. And today we turn our attention to the more biomechanics, if you will, the stretching, the mobility aspect of a golf swing, or just in general as being a human. And we have two gentlemen here today from San Diego. Uh, with Stretch Effect, Kyle Valerie and Chris Wilkie here to join us on Chasing Birdies to talk a little bit about what they do and how they help golfers like us become more loose. My man, how y'all doing? Good. Yeah, Thanks for having great. us, guys. Yeah. Morning. So, well, morning, morning for you. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been uh, told that I brush my teeth with cigars, so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's an early start to the day. We'll have a cigar. It's the, you know, yeah. I am not the stereotypical form of health. So, um, <clears throat> that's not what you want to tell them. So, curtailed version. Yeah, I mean, uh, so that's why I'm really excited about today. Just here, just make me depressed and and how much of a loser sure. I really am. We it's are excited to have hard. you guys. I mean, uh, like Ryan said, you know, it's the beginning of the new year, and we're we're always trying to look for something new. Uh, to improve our golf game, and I watched your videos, and I thought it was really cool uh, watching some of the videos that you guys had had posted about the stretching. And I don't think people realize how important stretching is in golf. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's really just about force generation and power, and then resiliency mm-hmm. and longevity. 
right? And then if you don't have capacity functionally with your body, within your body, what you're asking it to do, whatever that is, you're going to be injured. It's going to be painful. And if we love something like golf, it probably shouldn't hurt us and create a bunch of pain and angst and worry in our lives, right? Outside of our wives yelling at us I mean, that we're gone and, for an entire Like, day. I just want to enjoy a cigar uh, and hit a golf ball and not get hurt. Like, how hard is that? Right. Right. Well, it may be a little bit more challenging if your body doesn't cooperate. The main thing is it requires a lot more understanding than most golfers would would care to take the time, you know, to to partake in. You know, it's it's like a, real quick I, go because ahead. We've, we're getting into the the meat of the conversation. I do want to hear a little bit about both of you, where you came from. Um, I know yeah. Ryan had mentioned to me that one of you guys might have gone to Cal U. Yeah. Yes. What is that? Yes. <laughs> Wild. What is that? Why do you guys are you guys aware of that university? Well, or what's it was the... three miles from where I grew up, and I went to a I went to a oh, little arts college south of Pittsburgh called Washington and Jefferson. And at some point in my life, I thought I was going to be a dentist, so I transferred to Cal U to take science classes. Um, and when I came back to yeah. WJ, everyone asked where I was, and I told them I was studying abroad, but I was only down the road. But I saw that on your I saw that yeah. on your LinkedIn, but yeah, elaborate a little bit on stretch effect, both y'all stories, and then we'll get into the meat and potatoes. Yeah, sounds good. So Chris and I, speaking of education, Chris and I kind of met on our educational journey. Uh, we both started in different aspects of the strength and conditioning background, um, but then we kind of melded into this hybrid role of manual therapy meets strength and conditioning. And through some like a lot of specialty certifications, like active release techniques and, uh, those we found each other and kept kind of running into each other in different places and started to find that our ideology around the industry and, the, and how it should function and operate for an individual um, is broken and there was a better way to do it. And so we joined forces about four years ago, uh, started with some corporate stuff, and then we thought it'd be a good idea in the middle of COVID to open a in hand, on hands brick and mortar where uh, we, you know, luckily had a following. We had previous businesses here in San Diego. So um, we also were blessed at that time to be able to work with uh, the likes of Manny Machado and some other pro athletes. And, um, you know, we found that there was a huge void, even at the highest level, which was probably the most uh, surprising to, to us that we're like, okay, well, the best of the best do it like this. And then we were finding deficiencies in those capacities from gold medalists to the top played athletes. And then you're like, okay, well, that's interesting. And a lot of it, uh, like kind of Chris was saying, was based around this concept of actually educating somebody on their body so they don't keep breaking it. Right? Ignorance was driving this cycle. Um, the process of unraveling that and, and the manual therapy and the corrective exercise and stuff is pretty straightforward to a certain degree, right? But for, for speaking to a person and speaking to a human and getting them to understand and buy in and create some behavior modification uh, ultimately has been our, our long-term success with our clients. Well, that's... So what, did you, what did you guys have to study to... to... Yeah. Yeah, a lot. It started, with, yeah. it started with just a foundational study in kinesiology and, and Kyle's was more in like the nutrition, nutrition and, and stuff and mine was physical therapy. So my, my plan was to go to mm -hmm. physical therapy school, but it's got to be a lot mm -hmm. of school. Let's face it. And, uh, I you started, started working to make yeah, money. I'm surprised you guys went to class, regardless. 
well, that was part of the issue. Um, <laughs> but you know, really, it's it's you just like anything else, right? You go you go and get a finance degree. That doesn't mean you come out and like understand economics and the markets, and and all of a sudden you you can become a, a superpower entrepreneur. You have to continue your education well beyond that. So, you know, we both started our personal t- training journey, and you know, I I went down the path of like real strength and conditioning. So like what do collegiate athletes, pro athletes, like how do we train? How do I do program design for those sorts of people? And then you're trying to apply that to athletes, but also general population. And then you, and then all of a sudden you have to stop a session in the middle because, well, lo and behold, they actually can't do the amount of volume. They can't do the amount of load that you're trying to prescribe them, you know, similar to a golfer, like trying to create a new swing. Right. And so then it became an issue of like, how do I really serve these people? How do I serve these people in the moment? And that's where Kyle and I separately, we didn't even like really know each other at the time. We both went into manual therapy as well because it was like, okay, if I have somebody in the middle of a workout, we have 50 minutes, 55 minutes together, and we're trying to be as efficient as possible. And all of a sudden we have to stop. Am I going on another path with them? Am I changing their program on the spot? Or is there something I can do to solve the problem right now to continue moving forward? And that's ultimately what allowed us or, or forced us kind of to create this, the system that we now call Stretch Effect because it really is a system about like catered progress, you know, through overcoming these limitations that pop up along the way. And unfortunately, only the elite level practitioners, the elite level assessors, the elite level coaches know how to do that. And we're trying to bring it to the masses. It, it's not it's not easy, but, you know, it's through us educating our clients. Yes, but educating other practitioners as well. So when you take, for example, a, a pro athlete or someone that you had may have worked on in training and now you have a new client and like you said, you get to the middle middle of their workout and their workload, they're not able to withstand the workload that you may have prescribed, as you said. Um what what in that moment with respect to their training regimen is it is it more on the fly switching it up or is it something that you stop them and you know you pick up on another day with them and you know kind of how to gauge what they're able to do cuz let's be honest like me personally I love working out I'm into fitness I run I lift weights but there's points and times where I know I'm not I'm not built for heavy loads I'm a smaller guy and so there's times where for me personally, it's like, dude, I, I just want to take a day or two off. I need that kind of recovery. Um, so how does that kind of intertwine working? I guess the difference between a pro athlete, which I know y'all have done, and just a standard person who wants to get in shape, so to speak. So, I mean, this is kind of like a very common problem because when we look at like injuries for example the two biggest likelihoods of predicting an injury are a previous injury and then ramping up too much in a program right those are like the two biggest like oh god i just broke myself um and when you get paid to do this it's your whole existence right it's your start finish of your day everything revolves the sun revolves around this process the problem is is that when you interject life work kids, stress, chaos, fires to put out, et cetera, it takes a little bit of a backseat in the whole conversation. Now that's the reality of it. But then we're like, 
we're angry, we're upset, we're frustrated. So then what do we do? We got to move. And then we go move and we might move too much. And then that stops us from doing other things that we want to do. We're like, oh, I did it again. And so there is an awareness that has to be created to what that recipe is for you, mm -hmm. the dosing, mm -hmm. the volume, the frequency, um, intensity. But then like just how we built our facility around it is, is it needs to be a complete circle. That complete circle is inclusive of recovery, which is sleep and hydration and mental health and, you know, using ice baths yep. and infrared saunas and Normatec compression boots and well, all of the all different apparatus that, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. And if my, you were here, you Ryan here's got it all too in his house. Yeah. So Ryan understands. And so it's just, it's being, you don't want to like kind of bastardize fitness. And a lot of people just take it as like a singular approach and they don't integrate it with a holistic perspective. And they need to understand that if you've been sick, you start back slow. If you're coming off of a international travel, you don't just go hit it super hard. Like these are things that like our brains feel like we're behind. And so we move almost faster and more the next time we reintroduce ourselves. But really that's worst case scenario. And we have like a lot, especially on the pro level, where they're gonna be like, well, this is what I did two weeks ago. You're like, that's right, but your body is not there. Yeah. So we, and we use like uh -huh. the whoop and stuff like that to be able to, you know, kind of gauge that to a certain degree. So you can put some numbers and data and, and stuff to it to try and help curb behavior. I think it's one of the best things that it can do. Um, but I think a lot of times, once you do this regularly, I'm sure Ryan, you'll, you'll experience this, but you'll say just like that, I don't feel it today. Yep. I need a recovery day, right? That's ultimately how it so what happens when you say that every day. <laughs> well, that's when you give up and go home. That's my partner there, bud. I'll tell you this much. I mean, but how about the injury I had? Remember that injury? I couldn't lift my arm. Yeah. I thought I tore something in my arm and my bicep probably in November. There oh, was God. three days where I could not move my arm at all. And so I'm like, okay, this that's... isn't good. Like I told Bash, I'm, I'm, I was trying to lose weight. I was trying to, you know, tone up a little bit. <laughs> so was, we're probably third, third day into doing this. And I do, I was doing these curls with a curl bar and I kept increasing and increasing and increasing in my sets. <clears throat> and I'm dude, I, I couldn't lift my arm. I'm like, the, the, this is, so I had to go to Med Express, boys, like an idiot. <laughs> arms, my arms laying down to the right, couldn't lift it up. I go in there and the guy's like, well, what happened? And I'm like, well, because I actually made an effort at life right now. This is why, what I get. Uh, <clears throat> but I guess it was a strained tendon, this guy said. But yep, it, cool. it was the most uh, painful yeah. thing ever. Yeah, and a pain can be a motivator, right? But... You know, whenever we, but whenever, if you don't have the understanding, it can yeah. be a discourager and that's yeah. the thing, right? It's like, so your the whole problem is that we don't start these efforts with an assessment of what our current mm -hmm. capacity is, right? So if we don't know, oh gosh, you don't actually have, you know, good control of your bicep. You don't have good shoulder stability. The shoulder is the foundation of the bicep. So if you don't have the stability in the shoulder, you're trying to max out effort on the bicep, something's going to go south, right? It's the same thing with any sort of exercise. It's the same thing with the golf swing. You, if, if, and this is where this might be the biggest lack of, of knowledge slash awareness that we have in sport and in fitness. You know, we say fitness does not equal health because health is the status of your physiology, your joints, 
your mental state, your biomechanics, all of it together, right? And then you express it in fitness. So what we assess for, we call it movement health. We, we factor in all components of health, but in terms of movement health, we're looking at joint architecture, tissue quality, neuromuscular control, how everything works together in harmony. Major motion. If yeah. you don't start exercise with that, there's always gonna be injury looming because you don't know how you haven't used your body for the past weeks, months, years. It's a ticking time. Yeah. Right? Essentially. Yeah. It's just waiting so to you, Yeah, Pep. There you go, buddy. You did three curls and you, you tore your bicep. Maybe, maybe lighten up the load a little bit. So you guys put your heads together and you launch stretch effect. And I, I'm sorry if I missed it earlier in the conversation, but when did this whole idea of you blending together, the whole idea of bringing this to the masses kind of conceive? Was it within the last decade? 2019. 2019, okay. 2019, and then we opened our brick and mortar in July okay. of 2020. So you're, and then, yeah, we've been we've been cooking ever and, since. You know, are you from a business perspective? Because you you're both entrepreneurs at this point. You know, what's the goal of the business to to be able to cater to the masses and get the word out of what y'all are doing, or are, are there? possibilities of franchising stretch effects in the future like is that anything y'all have talked about i'm just curious because i think what you guys do there's nothing nothing like that where i am and i'm in west virginia by the way but um and and we've heard that a lot actually and people you know like when they move or you know they like let me know let me know and it's like you're kind of like bringing together a couple different practitioners um i mean our goal is multifaceted so yes, on the franchising components, technically we're like an MSO, so we're a management services organization that can facilitate medical operations. So we have doctors of physical therapy that deliver all those services and work here. Um, we also have like an IV company that we're started with an anesthesiologist. So we focus on the business components and the scale growth marketing, direct daily management, those types of things. Uh, in addition to our like hands-on work that we do with, with our clients. But we have, you know, online components of this that we're looking to scale grow. We have uh, brick and mortar locations that we're looking to grow. And then we have like corporate offerings uh, as another extension that we're looking to That'd be really expand cool upon. part of your business to go to these companies and, you know, offer them a package for their employees that they can pay for them and, and get the employees in a healthier state. Cause that actually helps them out in the long run too. If your employees are healthier, you got lower insurance costs. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, and that's where we have like literally thousands of videos that we've recorded and we have all these programs that we put together in a software and we're able to deliver those to people based on their limitations or, you know, have some like shortcut type educational videos, things of that nature. Um, and so that's how we facilitate our in-person business, but that's also how we can kind of garnish uh, scale with people with their different deficiencies for, you know, we have golf Ooh, warm up stuff and we have all these other yeah, well, 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 and that's the thing that. too. We'll I mean, um, I think for for the golfer, since we're is we're talking golf. I mean, with with all of us loving golf, that's the thing that like you don't do. Uh, you just like you get to the range, you take a wedge out, you you sit there. I like my cigar. Bash is probably stretching. I'm lighting my cigar, and I go into hitting some small wedges, and then off the tee we go because it's like you're in a rush and. Uh, for me, I think that that's the one thing in 2023 that I'd like to improve is, you know, get even five minutes, 
do to do a stretch and, and stretch your back out, stretch your legs out, stretch your arms out and your neck, and, and then hit and go into hidden balls. And even some activation, actually. That's the one thing that most people, especially like if you're sitting, so you're sitting, right, all the time, and then you go do like this dynamic explosive activity. And yes, you need to open some things up that are shortened and have been inhibited, but really you need to activate some stuff to help you generate some power because you're going to be moving fast and generating some power. And that can be fairly easily done, right? But you have to have a certain amount of skill or aptitude and ability to do that. Um, but you may also, you know, and there's a social component to this too. When you don't see everybody doing that, like, oh, there's the guy over there and then like trying to warm up and it's kind of like frowned upon a little bit, you know? Um, so that's kind of an undertone that you'll see, but then everybody knows like, oh, I just got a bad back and I got a bad knee and that's cause I play golf, but really it's just, I don't do anything on the front side and almost in no other sport would you ever see anybody. Yeah, no, I, right. There's not a it's like, single like other back sport. Back to when they said Tiger's that. activating his, or Tiger said, activate my glutes. Right. And everybody made fun of him for it. Yep. Well, it's a real thing, boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. It really is. And then some of it looks silly. Well, and it doesn't just happen on the day of the tournament, you know, it doesn't just happen like, oh, I'm gonna warm up five minutes before my round and go out on the range and activate my glutes. It happens the days leading up to it, it happens in the off season, right? That's that's when the capacity to activate the glutes actually happens because first you have to turn off the stuff that's preventing you from doing that in the first place. That's not gonna happen in five minutes before a round. But if you have the right program and the right warm up, and you're working on that building up to starting to ramp up your playing, let's say, like, are you guys both on the East Coast? We are. Yeah, so it gets, there's certain times of the year where you're probably not playing a lot, right? Like right now. Right now. So this should be your, your, your accumulation phase. This should be, I'm correcting all of the bad stuff in my body, getting ready to ramp up a good, efficient swing again. Then you have a day before you're going to go play that might be a, a higher volume corrective day where you're working on your golf-specific stuff. So then when you do go out five minutes before and you're on the range, you only have to do five minutes worth of stuff. It's not a, it's, you're just tapping into what you had previously done, right? But if you think five minutes of warming up before your range session is going to make a huge difference. It's not going to fix it. It's probably not. It's It's really tapping into the preparatory work that you've been doing. You're basically getting your body into a routine for when you actually play golf. Mm -hmm. It's like if you only brushed your teeth right before you went to the dentist. Well, you know, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't feel the cavities, right? Um, so, what what would you say then for the for most amateur golfers, you know, and and we have a lot of those amateurs out there listening right now. Um, what would be your one bit of advice for them, for us as golfers, to try to incorporate into some routine, like a basic stretch move? Is it? I don't know. What 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 would you recommend in that regard? Um, well, I mean, first and foremost, we're finding out what's wrong. Yeah, we believe in a team approach. So, okay. you know, if, if you're if you're starting to play and you don't have a swing coach, that's that's probably not Good ideal, idea. right? Um, yeah. Baseline is pretty darn important, and somebody filming you at the very least, so you can see where you're starting and compare it to where you want to be. That's really critical. That's the swing side of things. Then you have the body side. The body side. A swing coach isn't necessarily going to understand what's going on with the body, right? right? And the body coach may not necessarily understand what's going on with the swing. So communication between the two is pretty critical because if somebody's trying to get you 
to increase the width of your backswing, but they don't understand that you can't move your shoulder and your, your elbow is, is bending too much and therefore you have a, a narrow swing, right? You can't expand upon that width or your hip doesn't rotate and therefore you're early extending and you're using too much low back. That's probably not going to be the swing coach. That's probably gonna be the body coach's job of getting you better joint capacity range of motion so that you can make the move that you're trying to make when you get out there on the range. So it's really, it's really an assessment of where you are and then strat developing a strategy based on your own limitations for where you like to be. Pep, you got a lot of work to do, bud. Yeah, so it's really, it's really just seeing, you know, it's like, it's like back in the day, right? It's like that whole like president's like fitness test thing, right? Where it's like, can you touch your toes? Like you reach forward, sit and reach test and some of those things. You kind of need to go through one of those, right? Where it's just like, can you touch your toes? Can you extend? How do you rotate? When you rotate, what happens? Um, and that's taking like literally an hour out of your existence to find out a little bit about your body, what it can and can't do. And we usually, you know, would kind of argue, it's like, you're trying to build a race car in some form of capacity, mm -hmm. right? And they do testing. They do testing on the valves. They do testing on the tires and wheels. They do all this testing before they go try and max it out on the track. We're doing the inverse. You're just going out there, buying a new club, whatever it might be, exploding as much as you possibly can without ever saying like, hey, is this going to work out in the long run? So I'm like a Toyota Corolla. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we would like to get you into that Lexus model. You know, we just want to bump you up a little bit. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not a lot you, of upgrades, but just enough to get you there, right? Yeah. yeah. Just kind of shine the edges a little bit. It doesn't have to be a sexy, polished Lexus. <laughs> yeah. There you go. The engine still works. That's all we, that's all we care about. Well, you see, and like Jonathan said earlier, you know, ever since Tiger hit the circuit, I mean, fitness became so much more under the scope with golf, you know, and back in the day, it wasn't like that. And now you look at that in, in Jupiter, that guy, Joey D, have you guys seen him or whatnot? I mean, a lot of guys train with him down there in Florida, but it's all, it's everything you're talking about in the off season and maybe even during the season, but it's, it's band work. It's medicine ball work. So it's not so much getting out there and just hitting balls. It's all the prep work leading up to that. And, and I agree with you that it's something that you just can't come out the gate, you know, firing away. You, you got to have some. Yeah. So Ryan, it sounds like you do some of this stuff outside of golf. So how much time would you say you spend on a day week basis engaging in this whole conversation? Uh, in terms of like fitness, working out, fitness, I mobility, recovery, like those. I spend probably seven hours a week in the gym. Um, okay. That's probably unrealistic for most people. I yeah. would argue, you know, and that's where like time, I would say uh -huh. time is probably one of our clients, most valuable resources and being efficient and effective. Like we would like, you're our perfect client, right? You're our perfect client who has the time and the energy and resources to devote to that conversation. That's ideal. But when we have Pepe here, He's going to be the one that we have to curtail this conversation for because that is, that's a non-starter for him, right? That is like, good luck. That's not going to happen. So it's more about like, could you devote 30 minutes, three times a week? 
right? That seems reasonable. Minimum yeah. viable program. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that is where you need to start, right? That is a realistic chunk of time. So you had said something that was really interesting and a lot of people don't have the access to, to swing coaches and workout coaches, but you know, somebody where they work hand in hand and you mentioned that. And then you look at somebody like John Daly who went and lost a ton of weight. Okay. And John Daly's so talented. He doesn't have a swing coach. Like it's so <clears throat> his swing changed completely. Mm -hmm. yep. And he said, screw this. I'm not screwing around with this. And he put the weight back on. Yep. Yeah. And here he is. He's still to this day, one of the most talented golfers of all time. Yep. Let me ask you something. When you look at John Daly's swing, would you consider, would you think he's tight or would you think he's loose or we would call it hypermobile just based on his swing? I, so here's, so I would me, say, loose. I would say he, yeah, I would say he has a loose athletic golf swing. Yes. Because it is so, a very athletic motion of what he, I mean, not everybody can do what the hell he's doing. And so when you look at, and I don't know what John Daly did to lose weight, right? I would I'd love to see what he was mm -hmm. doing. But if there was some strength training involved or running or extensive cardio or whatever, and maybe just. Been, was it just diet and cardio? Was it just diet and cardio? I don't know. But the bottom line is he's loosey goosey, right? He's one of those kids. He, he was probably hyper mobile, right? And he started swinging a golf club which is an ideal sport for somebody that can rotate their spine and their hips. And so if he started doing anything that created rigidity, it's going to, it's going to tighten up his swing a little bit. And then he's going to compensate somehow by trying to get that extensive backswing like he has. But if he's losing range of motion based off of doing some strength training and stuff, he's going to have to fight around that. Right. So that's where it gets very challenging. And that's where, like I just saw, I don't know if it's this morning or I think uh, um, Shoffley had to back out of the the tournament of champions. And he said, I saw a post. He said, like, I should have stayed fat or something like yeah. that. So his offseason program, he's training. He was probably getting stronger. There's a lot of uh, metrics and stuff now about about driving distance and earnings on the PGA Tour. And so, you know, the longest hitters are earning the most money. Right. So now what are guys trying to do? They're trying to improve their club head speed, and their ball speed. And there's a cost to that. Right. Especially if you're training, you know, you mentioned like Joey D and stuff. I don't know what he does. I know he has some PTs and stuff there, but I see a lot of guys doing barbell bench press. And that worries me a little bit. Right. Especially when you see a guy like Brooks Kepka who keeps getting hurt doing things like barbell bench press. Bryce uh, DeChambeau is always hurt, too. No. Yeah, and he's another hypermobile guy, right? And so you have to be concerned about these guys in whatever their capacity is. Shoffley doesn't look like he's he's hypermobile. Uh, DeChambeau definitely does. But, you know, we wouldn't know unless we assess them, right? Everybody has a different makeup. And you have to do a workout that's correcting your, your weaknesses rather than feeding into your weaknesses. like Whatever you should do. Yeah, or whatever yeah. you should do. Most people do what they, they're good at. So the stretchers stretch and the lifters lift, right? But really it's a marrying of both. It's a yin and yang that has to exist there. See, that's where, and, and I want you to elaborate on hypermobile in a second, Chris. Um, but that's, so for me, that's the difference. Like I'm not doing a lot of these static movements with, with just weight resistance. I mean, I'm in the gym with a trainer five days a week, one hour each day, and then I go back three or four days 
and I run three to five miles and that accumulates my six to seven hours a week in the gym. But I'm traditional lifting. I am bench pressing. I am doing curls. I am inclined benching with dumbbells. I'm not doing any of the moves. You know what I mean? So I think that does in some effect hurt the golf swing. 100%. And that's where you have to, that's where I think like, and this is a self-assessment thing. This isn't a fitness thing. This is, this is like you're sitting down at the beginning of the year and you're in your journal and you say, what are my top three goals for this year? And you're ordering, you're putting them in order, right? Where is golf and where is fitness? Because if you don't assess what's most important and then your plan is dictated by those goals, you may be working out of order. You may be moving away from your priorities for the year. And so like your fitness, if let's just say you want to take, you know, five, five strokes off your handicap and that's your number one goal. And yet you're doing traditional strength training and and there's no rotary movements. There's no joint training in order to preserve range of motion. You're, you're going to find that it's a pretty tough battle, you know, to, to gain efficiency in your golf swing but also get stronger and leaner and gain muscle mass. It's a, it's a really challenging thing. I mean, I would probably argue that when DeChambeau put on all the weight, there was a phase. So if you look at like Olympic athletes, there's phases, there's macro cycles, months, and there's micro cycles, phases or weeks or months within that macro cycle, right? I would argue that he probably spent, you know, two months or something, not really even focusing on improving the golf swing, but just adding mass, adding strength, and then maybe going out and swinging as hard as he could every once in a while because he is gaining power. And then after that, he had to try to get his golf swing back, right? So, you know, that's where every individual has to say, my goal is my golf swing. Now, if your goal is your golf swing and you're doing barbell, bench press, deadlift, pull-ups, machine stuff, and there's no thoughtful mobility or rotary power work even. Let's say you're a hypermobile person, right? And you don't, you have, you're loosey-goosey, you have all the flexibility you need. You better be doing rotary stability and rotary power so that your body can control the ramped up power of the swing. Guys, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Chris and Kyle, come on over to West Virginia and Pittsburgh, man. Let's go. Put you through a program, bud. I do want to say you guys should not buy jewelry from Joyce's Jewelry because your wife will be wanting more of it. Our friends over at Joyce's Jewelry have made a promo code, Chase and Birdies 20, for all of our friends and followers and the people that don't like us out there. Uh, so go over to Joyce'sJewelry.com, enter Chase and Birdies 20 at checkout. It'll get you 20% off. Michelle, Bull of a Watches, all the fine jewelry that they have, engagement rings, wedding bands, uh, bracelets. I've been down this road before, guys. It's worth it. I mean, she's going to want more, but go do it. And if you have any questions, email our boy, Brandon, at Joyce'sJewelry.com. Yeah, so watches are a good thing. I do like to wear nice watch from jewelry or from Joyce's, but I am into the the whoop, guys. But that um, thing has given you more trouble. Like, what's your thoughts? Your on heart the rate spikes at like one thirty in the morning. Why? why like, no, the only that? thing that it messes me up sometimes is when I feel like I slept great and I look and I'm in the yellow and I'm like, what the freak? 
There is a head game component to that. There is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got it. You got it based on how you feel, though, right? You got it based on how you feel. But how long have you learned it? How long have you been having the whoop? Two years. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so you got enough data, and you kind of understand a little bit overall. I just, you know, the biggest thing that I like is not the necessarily the day to day. I think there's a basic understanding when you wake up and feel like shit. Mm -hmm. Okay, that probably shouldn't do the world's hardest thing today. Um, but it's aggregate data over long periods of time. So the trending of either any of your behaviors, uh, sleep, activities, etc., is probably one of the most valuable sets of data that we could have. And even when you're talking about running into a problem, um, it's you got to look backwards to be able to go forwards. And if we don't have any set points, if we don't have any relevance to where we were at, what was going on, you're kind of just hoping and praying. And when you go talk to somebody who's an educated person, a physician, a doctor of sorts, and you're trying to convey where you're at, what's going on, you now have something to show them and you can actually have specific talking points and then they can see big gaps in that conversation. Um, I, you know, on a day-to-day basis, it's great to kind of check in, see where you're at, you know, do some of the logging. Um, I really like, you know, the community side of it too. So we have a team and we have a bunch of people on our team and it's kind of good to keep everybody accountable, if you will, and kind of bust chops. I mean, I think the one time I saw 1% red was Will, right? Pro golf or Will. And it was after, what tournament was that? That he stayed up watching. It was the Masters or something. And he's like, he like went balls out watching it and everything. And I woke up the next day. I was like, is Will alive? I don't know if Will's alive. <laughs> but I checked in on yeah, Will. It and Will was alive. It might have been the Open or the Ryder Cup or something. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't in this time zone. So he was, yeah. you know, I think, he, oh, I think he, he stayed up. He had like a guy's thing. He stayed up partying. Yes. And then woke and then stayed up to watch the Open. And... You know, it was like it was pretty gnarly. He was like pretty much one percent recovered. What if you're yeah. going to do a workout that day? <laughs> or walk. So a lot of this too, exactly, it goes into what you eat, what you drink, things like that. Um, yep. Because that's like the starting point for everything, right? I mean, if you're not eating well, uh, none of this will really. I mean, it'll help, but it's going to hinder you a little bit. So, like alcohol, let's talk about alcohol. Because that's the that's a big topic. Everybody enjoys it, but at the same time, you, it's tough to do it if you're going to work out properly and and perform properly. And myself, I'm a big tequila guy nowadays. Um, started three months ago. Is, Go ahead. Yeah. Started started about three months ago. Is tequila a little healthier than drinking your your beers or your uh, red wine? Because I like the red wine. Or am I just telling myself that and I'm <laughs> drinking more and more tequila? Well, it depends on like kind of what your goal is. Like, so for example, if you're, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's a different question there, but tequila, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, like for example, like Chris cannot drink beers because of a gut issue that he has, oh, and gout, it so. will, yeah, it will you know destroy him. So in that case, and you got other people that can drink beer all day, right? Um, but in the grand scheme of things, is like there's a casual thing where you're like just trying to have something to sip on so you can be part of a social experience. That's great. Um, if your goal is to get inebriated, right? If your goal is to have a feeling on the other side of the coin, some of the harder liquors are better just because of the alcohol concentration and the volume you have to drink. So now instead of me having seven beers, I can have two tequilas and probably feel the same. Instead of drinking this aggregate amount of volume, I just had this little bit. Um, cleaner, more, you know, the more refined products are going to just, 
you know, not going to leave you as a hangover so much. But in general, um, alcohol is a poison for the body. So, you know, to ever say that, like, you know, this version or that version is better, it's like, which which version of poison is better? small improvements on my end, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're heading the right way. I'm drinking that, a cleaner alcohol now. Yeah, and yeah. that's where the, we're in, you know, some sort of biometric device is helpful because you can see, like, it's been, I think one of the reasons that we know that, you know, within not not drinking within two hours of sleep is one of the best things that you can do if you really are is. drinking yeah. is because of these devices. We can actually see like you, you could still be in the green if you have some drinks with dinner, but then you stop drinking two to three hours before bedtime. Yeah. You actually get to metabolize the alcohol for bedtime. So it's not affecting your sleep and your recovery as much. So it's just making those choices. That's that's tough. That's where you lost me, boys, because well, I actually uh <laughs> I actually drink tequila now uh, at night to put me to bed. So uh, that's not like restful sleep, though. That is falling asleep. That's not recovering through sleep. So quality of sleep is probably one of the most valuable metrics. Mm -hmm. Um, How many REM cycles you're getting into, what your deep sleep looks like, like all of those types of things. And that's what all this plays into what you guys are trying to accomplish with your clientele, right? Because you're going to give them a program that, listen, guys, here's what you're going to eat, you know, within reason. And uh, then, you know, you can have a drink or two and then you work out the next day, you get a proper sleep. And then all of a sudden now we're working with your swing coach. So it's all going hand in hand here. Yes. It's a very holistic so, you know, it's, it's, it's all encompassing and we look at some of that lifestyle behavior modification and say like, look, when you look at somebody drinking, if you have drink water, drink water, drink water, you're going to have a four times better recovery. So I'm not telling you not to drink. I'm telling you, if you drink, drink water, drink water, drink water in between. That's the biggest thing. Um, you know, and then when, you know, like Chris was saying, where it's like, if you curb it a couple hours ahead of time, well, you're back yeah. in the game. Okay. These are, you know, small tricks that you can do to, to make the best. So it's not about being idealistic and, and perfect. It's about being realistic and optimizing within those confines. So uh, I'm going to be very honest with you here on, on uh, what's transpired in the last few years. But I used to drink about six to eight Cokes a day. Woo! Okay. Um, I did well, sure, yeah. So six to eight Cokes a day. But can you just let me tell my story? <laughs> Like, I know I'm not the perfect fit for health, all right? I'm trying to make gains in life, bro. I like it. Uh, so anyways, long story short, I weaned off that a little bit. And, and, and now, for the most part, I am probably four to five cups a day of black coffee. Okay. Okay. Water, a lot of water as of recently. And then um, I do at lunch, I, I'll either drink like a sparkling water to get that sensation or I'll have like a ginger ale. Okay. Um, and then at night I have one or two tequilas around 8.30 when the kids go to sleep. So my point is, I will say that I do feel like I don't have so much of a crash, you know, throughout the day. And... um I mean, the four to five cups of black coffee. Well, is I was going to say, thing. but I mean, Jesus Christ. But. So it's more like upper limit on caffeine. That's natural, bud. Four hundred milligrams a day. So that's the only one that you would want to watch out for. And then just you could get adrenal fatigue and have challenges with long-term energy levels with like high amounts of caffeine. So and some of that may not be like how does that? You said you had like 
gallstones and stuff? Do you find the acid? No, no, no. I got gout, bud. Gout, oh, yeah, gout, yeah, gout. It's personal, okay. but yeah, it's, yeah, it's personal. personal. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you be? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, that's the. We got a lot of fucking issues over here, boys. Oh, I know. I wonder if it's yeah, the yeah, behaviors yeah. that are. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, who would have thought, right? I mean, let's just let's just take a look. For, you know, we talked about the goals earlier, right? You have let's just say like this is a golf show. We're talking about golf, but there's you know there's a lifestyle a side of the equation of for for us for you know like what we're talking about today. But let's say golf is at the top of the funnel if you will that's what a lot of people come to us they come to us i want to get better at golf i want to be able to go to orange theory i want to be able to lose a bunch of weight and run and play with my kids run and play with my kids whatever it is those are those are the pain points or those are the goals right people don't come in to me say hey i would really like optimal movement health and good joint mm-hmm. quality architecture. and architecture that's not what people come to us for right it comes to experience for whatever the goal is, whatever they want to be better at with life, or they just want to get out of pain. Yeah. So that's how they come through. Now, once they're through, we have to look at everything. We have to look at impact, how you move, what's your psychology, what are your behaviors throughout the day, what's your physiology, right? So, Jonathan, like some of the stuff you're talking about, it's like, okay, I want to get better at golf and I don't want to feel like shit anymore. So this is what I, this is how you're coming into the equation. Now we're looking at what are the biggest boulders in the way of success there and how do we overcome them? And it seems like if you have gout, if you just look Google like oxalates and foods that uh, reduce your pH online, you're going to see some types of alcohol and you're going to see coffee and you're going to see stuff like that right Some meats and certain yeah. things yeah i'm so- a big red i'm a big steak guy um- <laughs> what's up ladies? <laughs> is it a problem or is it a goal that's the biggest thing you know when you're looking I feel at like it. we're we're si- i feel like we're sitting in an intervention bash is this intervention but it is so dude, this is all things and we you know we thought we'd come together and help out i want to ex- really explore this, this gout thing. so so well no for me what really uh gets the gout f- firing on all cylinders is shellfish <laughs> yeah. uh, which sucks because i like shrimp i like your you know your oysters and all that stuff but i mean if i i could eat red meat i could eat steak every night and nothing will happen to me but the shellfish is what gets me going and a lot of red wine, which I like that, which is why yeah. I'm so happy that uh, my friends have backed me into this tequila train because that's really taken off. And I, now I enjoy a, a bot like the other night, I drank a bottle of red wine by myself. And- that's a problem. So you, you, this is an intervention. My man loves breakfast and he calls me up one day after and he's all, I'm going to start fasting, intermittent fasting. I'm not eating breakfast anymore. So he's, he was on this diet kick where he was like waking up, drink drinking coffee, not eating till 12, and then eating whatever he wanted and then stopping at 7 or whatever it was, whatever you were doing. How's that sound, guys? Uh, mediocre at best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, so the problem is it's arbitrary. So this is what happens is that people pick and choose randomly what they want to attach themselves to. And it's usually something that they either saw, they had a friend that was successful, right? Garbage. And it has real relevance to like you, your lifestyle, your needs, like any of those types of things. And we think just like by, by you know, process of proximity that, oh, well, that worked for you. So I'm going to join the train, right? Um, it's different. And really what we care about is being effective. 
So I don't really care. I don't really care if you smoke cigars. I don't care if you have all these things, as long as you're being able to live the life that you want to do. We're not here to be Puritan, right? We don't, we don't, that's not how we live our lives, but we are optimizers. So, and like Ryan, like he's taken this a little bit more. He's like, so we would refer to you guys as like performance driven optimizers, right? So you, you want the outcome measures and you're looking to make the changes needed to get there. That's great. Now, if you don't have a depth or a breadth of knowledge there, then you're just randomly and it's like, oh, you're at that chapter in the book, right? And you're like, all right, I don't know, I'll try this. And some of it is trial and error. And that's totally fair. And we have to understand how our bodies respond to certain things. So did intermittent fasting, what did that do for you? It did. Um, I will say the, the, the one thing that it did for me was, I mean, I have two children, five and three, and I mean, the, the goldfish are around and I put my hand in the bag, grab a handful of those, throw those in, get, eat right. some peanut butter cereal. I will say when I ate, I would eat a lunch at noon and then a dinner at five thirty, And then at, I stopped at eight and then at seven 30, I'd have an apple or a banana to kind of get me going through the night. A little bit of health there, boys, huh? And uh, I will say during that period, I did not have snacks at all. Okay. Yeah. At all. Yeah. yeah so that that's yeah. seeing there's there's that's, so that's where, what you're solving. For. That's where it's valuable, though. That's yeah. the psychological component yeah. where you, instead of being a compulsive eater, you had to be aware of what you're consuming. And so and, and, and I find that, too, when I, I'll do 48 hour fast, sometimes 72 hour fast. And, and for me, it's like. You know, let's say I did have a weekend where I where I was drinking, you know, and I was socializing. Like his 40th birthday that he just had. Last weekend. Cigars. You know, my family was in town, so I don't eat big breakfasts usually, but we had some big breakfasts. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't feel very good. So let me go into this week fasting, right? So that means not only am I not thinking about having drinks that night, but I have to be careful how much coffee I have because I don't have anything on my stomach also. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to see something and then automatically just put it in my mouth. It's all of those things that go into the fasting. So so if it's just the discipline, like curbing the compulsive nature side, that has value to it. Huge. Right. Even if that's just what it is, it may not be doing a lot for your overall physiology. It may not be you may have a tendency to want to drink more coffee because you're not putting food in your system. But you have to evaluate all of those things. Sometimes when we eat, we want more caffeine because it slows us down. If you're someone that's trying to curb caffeine and that's one of your, your number one obstacles and, you, and you're eating later in the day and so that limits your desire and your need for, for coffee, well, that could be helpful too because if one of the major issues is too much coffee, then you have to find ways to, so your behaviors have to line up with that, right? So. That's, that's where it's like, yes, it could be helpful for everyone. No, absolutely not. For you, maybe. And then we would argue like going to a, a functional medicine doctor or a naturopath and getting some blood work done and looking at your blood work and then putting behaviors in play and then later looking at the blood work again and making sure that your, your behaviors are improving your overall physiology and balance. That would be the best way to go about these types of interventions like you're talking about because Without that, you just have no idea what it's, it's doing to your body, yeah, right? It's, it's like, and measurable success, right? Yeah, boys. So. Yeah, yeah, not surprising <laughs> with the remedy. Um, but the uh, that's the thing, though, is that if you care, right? And my thing is like, especially with the kids, right? We both have kids, like eight and five, right? So as you're running around crazy, my goal is to be able to beat their ass when they're eighteen. 
right? Yeah. I got two boys. I got to be able, I'm not going to let them take me down at least at that age. So I have to keep my P's and Q's together between here and there. Yeah. And if that's my goal, my goal is a decade from now, 15 years from now, well, I better giddy up today. And that's not like a half-hearted attempt because when I talk to them and I ask them to do things, I better hold myself to higher standards and to a, and toe the line. Otherwise, I'm just going to be barking away and I'm not going to see anything but resentment. That's yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a great, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and part of that, why I started doing this is cause it's like, it's true. Like you want to live to see your kids grow up, right? Like it's yeah, scary. I mean, you're seeing things. Well, but the cigars, that's a touchy subject, but, um, you know, but you do okay. want to see, you know, that's, you got to have a goal in life and, and, yeah. and just shoot it. So, Tequila. Tequila. More tequila, boys. More laughs. Let's talk about your golf games, though, boys. Mediocre at best. (laughs) Um, His is actually pretty good. Uh, He actually bought me my first set of golf clubs three years ago. So you just got started. A little bit, yeah. So I specialized in putt-putt before that, but that's a different story. Um, The, uh, you know... Chris had had some swing lessons and, you know, kind of played, you know, for... I don't know. How long have you been playing golf? I don't know. Most most of my life now, but it wasn't... Price. It wasn't anything spectacular. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I you know I was I was like a football, basketball, and baseball player. Um, you know, mostly through high school, and then and then for the latter part of high school, just football. And then in college, I kind of started picking up the clubs again. You know, with my baseball swing. And then it wasn't until actually I was about to get you know married, so going on probably 11, 12 years ago that I had my first lesson. And that's when things really changed for me. That's when I, I got to finally see myself swing. And my first lesson, I went from, you know, let's call it a glorified uh, slice. Um, but that was literally 90 degrees uh, off to the side. Um, you know, that, that I was having a hard time with this, with this left to right thing. And my swing, he just basically strengthened my grip. And all of a sudden, I was able to hit a draw. So there really wasn't anything wrong with my body necessarily. There really wasn't anything wrong with my swing necessarily. It was literally just my grip. So imagine everything in life, you just had somebody that could identify that one thing that you're missing that makes the biggest difference in the world. I mean, that's what I learned that day was all I was missing was the appropriate grip. And then that took me basically from probably a 25 handicap and then, you know, working with that new swing over the course of the next year, I, I went down to a 12. And, and, and the only thing that really changed, nothing changed other about my intention or anything. It was literally just how I gripped the club. And that's, I think, a, just a little bit of a, of a metaphor for, you know, movement. It's a metaphor for, you know, Jonathan, what you're talking about with little changes you're trying to make. Like if there's that one thing you're working on every single day, whether it's your golf swing, whether it's your fitness, whether it's your, your relationship with your wife or your kids or whatever it is, mental well-being, you just you have to identify it. But if you're not searching for it, it's really hard to identify. Well, you guys out there in San Diego, I mean, with respect to golf, I mean, my God, the list goes on. You got Torrey Pines, you got Aviara, you got Santa Luz Club, La Jolla Country Club. I mean, Ranch of Santa Fe Country. Like, it, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're blessed out here. And also the seasons, right? The weather I mean, doesn't yeah, hurt. I mean, it's like we're, we're upset because we had some rain um but what, be what is a you know because people will probably be asking us about this what is a program number one can this program i live in pittsburgh 
can this program be done? Am I flying out to you to uh, kind of get a well, no, how far away I am? Yeah, yeah, there are options well, for sure, but that's not it's not necessary. Is it is it better? Yes, sure. I mean Hands we've had on. people travel and then spend two weeks and. We do kind of like an optimization Intensive. transformation thing, yeah. um, but we also do you know, movement assessments virtually where we can see you move. Now, I'm not going to be able to put my, my hands on you and do any treatment, but I can teach you how to do the treatment on oh, your own. Yeah. As long as I can see your quality of movement, we can figure out what you're missing and then we can develop a program you know, from there. So we kind of have an extension of that. It's called pain-free performance. And it is our kind of online vertical um, that delivers this and it delivers it through the what you do. And then it's also the why you do it. So there's a, an understanding behind those things, because what we've found is that the more understanding you have, the more value you have, the more value you have, the more likely you are to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, this these are not like the world's most enjoyable, exciting things. No. Right. But if we know that if there's a real value that is attached to this longevity, the being able to play with my kids, the being able to increase my drive and all of the above, well then if I understand that, now maybe, okay, I'll do my homework. Um, But if it's just us barking at you because you suck and we wanna make you better, that doesn't really, that doesn't do it. Or the generic programs, or the generic uh, programs that are out there. You go on YouTube and you're like mobility for golf or whatever, but that's not right for you. You know, back to your question earlier, Ryan, what if you're hypermobile? Yeah. Well, yep. you probably don't need that mobility stuff. You think you do because you've been like harped on by marketing yeah. and all these influencers and stuff. Oh, you need to do these stretches. You need to do this. But actually what you need is core stability and yeah. you need to be able to control your joints better. Well, how do you know that unless, unless a professional assesses you? You probably are not going to and therefore you can cause more harm than good. And that's what we run into a lot is people that come to us from other professionals that we're giving them the wrong things based off of their yeah. needs, unfortunately. And we just had like we just had this like uh, collegiate level pitcher that came in, and he was all excited uh, because he does an hour and a half of mobility a day, and he owns it, and he follows, and he does all this stuff, and he's got it down. It took five minutes, and I'm like, you don't need to do any mobility. You need all stability exercises. And his heart was crushed. Crushed. Right. His soul- because he had worked so hard, right? He had mastered it, right? He had understood every aspect of it. The problem was that he didn't have anybody to tell him which book to read. Yeah. So that's the problem is we need a quarterback. We need somebody that can come to us, that can hear us, that will listen, that can spend some time and then has a depth of understanding. And that's our thing, right? Our staff is like very high level. So if we were going to compare us to the military, we would be the Navy SEALs of the military, right? These are high level practitioners that can just right away, as soon as you walk in, can take care of a, a number of different issues, identify the biggest ones, and then we can deliver you the interventions that you need in a timely, efficient manner. We call a lot of that like microdosing movement where, look, we just need two to three minutes, two to three times a day. That is your beginning. That's literally what we ask of people from a time commitment. Now, it does take a second on the front side to actually do an assessment so that we can talk to you and have these understandings of your world, but then it's plug and play. And then as long as you want it, we're here, right? But we are not here to tell you that this is a good idea or something that you should do, right? We are not here to convince you that this is an ideology that you should, you should subscribe to. We're yeah. here to facilitate that. Yeah. I, I mean, this sounds like an app in the making, boys. It is, it is actually. So, yeah, we're about halfway through that conversation, but luckily that takes forever. So that's fine. <laughs> 
And that's the thing. Like I know Ryan was so excited for today because he's really into this. And and I mean, I will say, you know, his you can tell his quality of life. Like he he watches what he eats, right? And he goes to bed at eight forty five, and I'm just pouring cubes in my cup, boys. And um, you know, you can tell he gets up in the morning and and he's well rested. And I mean, I take enough trips with the guy to know all this and and all that, but you can see like the results are there for him personally. Right. And he's very, he sticks to it. I mean, he does not waver and he eats right and all that jazz. Yeah. So it's a values over rules existence fundamentally. So like, if I come and tell you, you have to be in bed at 845 and you can't drink this and you need to do that. That's a rules-based existence. That's what a lot of people think and feel. But if you value this process, Right. And tell me if I'm wrong, Ryan. But if you value this, the behaviors are in tow. It's yep. it's obvious. And so it's it's an understanding of an ideology that we subscribe to as an individual. And that's choice. And, you know, but we're not here to convert people to say that your world's wrong and the world that you want to live in is wrong or anything like that. No, we can just say that we prefer this and this is what we subscribe. Well, to. And it's about how you want to feel. Right. And when, mm-hmm. when you say I want to feel this way. And then we show you the things that are in the way of you feeling that way. I think that's what a that's what a coach does, right? If you're if you're if you have a coach that is that is like yelling at you all the time, but doesn't actually understand what you want, and what you want is a feeling. Let's let's be real, right? Whether it's confidence on the golf course or whether it's just not feeling achy joints anymore, there's a feeling associated with that. What's in the way of that? Now it's up to you. You choose, right? This is the stuff in the way. You want you want to move beyond it or not? Yeah, no, and it becomes a way of life. It becomes ingrained. It doesn't feel like a chore. Like it, nothing that I do in terms of being in the gym or working out or fitness feels like a chore. I thoroughly enjoy doing it. It's built into my day. If I don't do it that day, I am off 100%. Um, so, no, I, I, I love what you guys are doing. Um, I think... <laughs> I think it's going to catch fire if it already hasn't. And hopefully some of our listeners out there will take their workout routine a little more seriously because I know we have some buddies out there. I won't name names. They're a little out of shape. And, uh, hey, bud, you guys like playing golf? Maybe loosen it up a little bit. Try to touch your toes. Get the hip flexors a little more flexed out. <laughs> you know, uh, it's good stuff. Um, so we we are with Kyle, Valerie, and Chris Wilkie from Stretch Effect over in San Diego. Guys, it has been awesome kind of hearing your story, talking a little bit about the fundamentals, the biomechanics, the whole nine yards with, with what y'all are doing. And I, I promise you, when I am in San Diego, you will see me at your place. Right. That is a guarantee. Right. Um, we're going to transition this to the last segment of our show called the Tap-In Segment, presented by Bettinardi Golf. Check them out online at bettinardi.com. Phenomenal putters. Jonathan's going to ask you four questions at the man, your quick word of response, and he can take it away. And this is the first time we've ever had two people, so you both got to answer each question. So There okay. you go. Right. Favorite pre-round stretch? Ooh, favorite pre-round stretch. For me, it's rotation. I limit my rotation. So I have to do trunk rotation with the club where I'm essentially like this, and I have to work into this type of activation both ways for sure is my favorite pre-round stretch. Yeah, mine's probably a, a shoulder adduction with rotation. So I'll reach my, 
my left arm. So my lead arm is the main thing for me. When I'm working out a lot, my lats get tight, right? And that holds our arm close to our body. So I have to get my arm across my body, under my chin, and then I'll do some neurological activation here. I'll usually do this with a club or a stick, and then I'll add rotation into it so that I can feel that width. Otherwise, I just feel like a meathead trying to swing a little stick. Mm -hmm. I know how it feels, guys. That's a great Uh, analogy. Favorite music while on the course and working out? Mm, uh, For me, I, I do like a lot of Eminem. So I like a little bit of rage with my party. Not ideal for it. You can tell he's a new golfer. I like, <laughs> I like, um, I like reggae on the golf course. Mm. And then when mm. I'm when I'm working out, usually it's some form of form of EDM. Yeah. All right. Bingo. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Favorite golf destination? Mm, I haven't actually been to one yet outside of San Diego, to be honest with you. Um, but out here, I mean, I think. For where I went to out here, Delmar Country Club was by far one of my favorite locations. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't beat where we're at. Um, I have True. a huge bucket list, but I really like the Scottsdale oh, area. Love Scottsdale. Um, you know, especially like in the fall or spring, um, you know, kind of compares to, to Palm Desert, which is a little closer, but Scottsdale just feels a little bit more removed. So it feels like you're on a, you know, on a trip or something. All right, guys, last one. What are you chasing? Oh man, we're chasing a lot. Um, that's, uh, that's, we're very hungry. So we, we are chasing essentially, uh, an impact for the greater community to have well-being, right? Holistic well-being fundamentally. Um, and then we're chasing, uh, you know, success for our families and for our generations so that we can leave some impact in this world in a positive place. Um, for us, that's, that's, in my world. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, it's, it's, there's no point in chasing success if, if that, you know, giving back to the community is, doesn't come along with it. Right. And so yep. it's success, it's impact. And I think, you know, the whole, the whole goal would be that we have an abundance of success and abundance of impact so that ultimately we can chase birdies. There you go. Tying it in there. I do want to say, Chris, it was interesting. You said meathead swinging a stick i don't know it beats a stick head swinging a meat i don't know but um, that was that was that was good though I, I, I oh like that, that sounds like jonathan at dinner time sometimes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man guys it was awesome um yeah, I love your goals. You no thank you for joining us i love your ambition and um you know we definitely look forward to hooking up at some point in the future maybe get get some uh, one-on-one time on FaceTime for the boy pep. And that's what I was going to say. Like, feel, feel free to reach out and let's find some time. And then like, if you're serious, let's, let's uh, knock down some of these obstacles. Yeah. Sure. Sounds great guys. Thanks again right. for awesome. joining us. Thanks guys. Man. Oh man. Stretch effect boys. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciated your time. I could have probably used them a little bit at old Memorial, but, uh, I stretched a little bit. You laughed at my stretches. They weren't very effective. Uh, I might have tweaked my right knee, uh, getting the T out of the ground, but now, you know, I I haven't learned how important it is and I'm really looking forward to it. You know, they're going to monitor me for a little bit and see, uh, where they can help me out. And, and I, Hey, I gotta, I gotta personally step up. Maybe like ten less cigars a week. You know, eat right. Uh, that's where it all starts. And um, basically, like they said, it starts. You know, you eat right, you work out right, you golf right. 
It's that easy, but, bud. But your your New Year's resolution goals right now are second to none. I'm so proud of you for doing all this shit and being able to be more limber. I mean, imagine if you were 35 or 40 pounds heavier, bud. You're not even seeing your toes. But you're kind of getting to this point now where you're being more organized. You're being a little more patient. You're going to work on your health a little bit. You're at the gym today at 530. Like, you're doing shit like that. And now you're going to implement this stretch regime. I can't wait to see it. I mean, and frankly, you get through Summer the Summer might be happy, bud. It's going to benefit you in your house. Everyone. Walk into the bedroom. Wrestling around. You know, doing what you're going to do. Wrestling doesn't hurt anyone, man, boys. Hey, bud. He's back. <laughs> like the old days of mom valley on the ice bud but um, uh, but seriously yeah it's such a huge part of the golf game and we easily can overlook it you see the guys on tour this is what they do in the off season this is what they do full time when speed when i ran into jordan speed in scottsdale the thing that he did the most in the gym was stretching he's on the roller he's doing rotating for his hip flexors like that's all they were doing and and that's something that uh you know we should probably try to do yeah for I'm, sure i'm all for kyle chris thank you i'm all for hearing what you got to say especially to pep um but we definitely need to take you up on some advice and see if it can help our golf games out so people check them out especially if you're in california stretch effect over in san diego good people know what the hell they're talking about and we sure as hell loved having y'all on the show and if you ever do venture out here, guys, to West Virginia, Southwestern PA, Pittsburgh, we will take you to Nemecolon, which is a five-star resort south of Pittsburgh. Phenomenal golf, phenomenal accommodations. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And thank you to Nemecolon for being a partner here on Chasing Birdies. So check them out online at nemecolon.com. And, you know, Pep, this is where, that's where you play a lot of your golf. You know the facility there. It's it's just phenomenal. Yeah, I said that it's, a lot. Uh, it's amazing spot, you know, and uh, you know we have one man to to thank for all of that, um, Mr. Joe Hardy, who we haven't uh, talked about. He celebrated his hundredth birthday on uh, January seventh, and um, he also passed away on January seventh. And and you were fortunate enough to be there and. Um, I know that you were very close with Joe, and I was fortunate enough to meet him and hang out with him twice through you. So, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what what he meant to you as a human being, because I know that you were really upset when that happened. Yeah, no, I mean, he kind of took me on the, under his wing a little bit there. I got so much good life advice from him, so much good business advice. He had, had such a huge impact on me. Um, especially from a motivational factor. I mean, I I remember leaving him and just feeling so recharged. Like, literally, you can do anything in life. And that was his motto, nothing is impossible. So, you know, I can certainly say that um, he had a positive, more than positive effect on me. And I will forever be grateful of that relationship we had. And I'll miss him dearly. Um, But I'll still be able to hear things in my head of him talking, things he said to me. Um, some good advice and he will forever be missed but he did take that place and turn it into something spectacular so we here in southwest pa north central west virginia wherever uh, should tip our hats to him for for that accomplishment so thank you joe and you know rest in peace but uh, yeah it was it was definitely a somber moment there 
So, well, why don't we ch- change the tune a little bit? Looking up ahead next week. Yeah, and while next you're drop. looking up, bud, I mean, you could be jumping on a Vincent Jet if you wanted to make your way on over to Namakolan. Um, they offer direct flights pretty much to wherever you want to go. Um, it's the way to travel. I'll tell you that much. Jump on the bird, bird in the air, bird lands where you need to get. No security, none of that jazz. So, mm-hmm. Vincent Jets, check them out on Instagram. Um, you know, again, like I said, and as Joe said, Joe said it. It's the best way to travel. It really is, especially with golf clubs. Especially with golf clubs. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Chasing Birdies. We'll be back in two weeks. We're not going to reveal who we have on, but it's a pretty damn good one. Thanks to the boy over here. Um, So we'll be back on the airwaves there. Airwaves. Whatever this is called, I don't even know. But uh, anything else you got to say, bud? No, man. Go over to Chasing underscore Birdies. Like us on Instagram. Give us a double tap. ChasingBirdies.com. Check out what we got. Look up old episodes. We appreciate the love. 2023, let's be a little more positive and forward-thinking this year. That's my goal. Be a little less stressed. Keep the phone in the bag while we play. Let's live. Let's love, guys. Let's love each other. Amen to that. Hey, guys. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Thank you to Evo and his team over at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Jacqueline DiPaterio, Rachel London, for all y'all social media helps over here at Chasing Birdies. We appreciate y'all. We will check y'all out, too. Have a good weekend, y'all.